You are listening to John Kherika on SAFM. 18 minutes past eight. Are the lights going to stay on after the festive season? The electricity minister says we'll have lights for the rest of the week. Vali Padiachi is currently the chairman of the management committee of NURSA and formerly an executive manager of ESCOM and formerly a senior executive of City Power in Johannesburg. Vali, good chatting to you. Thanks very much for joining us. We have the lights on now. Will it last? Good morning and uh, and season greetings to you, uh, John, and to the listeners. Let's hope uh, 2024 is a far better year for all of us. And and thanks for inviting me. Just a correction: I'm the chairperson of the NRS NRS Management Committee, not the NESA NRS Management Committee. Management Committee. Yes. Right. Um, just to. Uh... Right, seems to have disappeared. Yeah. Oh. Valley, you there? Lost. Sorry, Valley, we lost you. Start at the beginning, just to start from the beginning, please. Okay, uh, can you hear me now? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, um, good morning and, and season greetings uh, uh, to you, John, and to your listeners. Uh, thank you very much for inviting me. Yes, uh, I'm sure you, the listeners, including myself, for the last couple of weeks, were thrilled and excited and relieved to get up every morning during the past couple of weeks would join relief to the new but albeit temporary reality of experiencing um, no load shedding. Okay, so besides the socioeconomic impact, there's a psychological impact. I, uh, I've just realized that now. But unfortunately, uh, John, um, uh, by the Minister of Electricity's own admission, uh, this is going to be short-lived because, as you, as you said in your intro and early on, uh, we are in a situation where the supply uh, is exceeding the demand. Uh, I would say reasonably significantly, and that's because most of our eye consumers, the factories, mines, uh, commercials, industrials, uh, are all shut down. Uh, or most of them are shut down. So we are in that luxurious position of uh, being able to uh, to meet supply and demand as uh, reflected in the environment. But um, having said that, uh, I think the generation team, the leadership team uh, with input from the ministry are doing their, their level best currently, uh, actually uh, with the cards that are dealt to them to try and alleviate uh, the situation they they try to do more with less mm. uh, john uh, the 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 minister's saying that they've spent a lot of time uh, maintaining the some of the generators uh, uh, hopefully they're taking this time to to maintain it or is nothing done over this period of time because they're all on holiday no no john uh, i think uh, lots are being done in fact uh, uh, the generation team the escom generation team most of them are actually working during this period, mm-hmm. I, I know that. But uh, even by the minister's own admission, uh, notwithstanding the good work that's being done by the ESCOM team, uh, the grid, uh, and, and also from my experience, is still, uh, from a technical point of view, unstable and and still performing, for all intents and purposes, uh, yeah, erratically. Now, why do I say that? Of course, uh, there are many factors, but uh, there are a couple which are very high risk. 
and uh, and some of them may be existential risk as well. Just to uh, enumerate on a couple of them, John, the energy availability factor is currently around about 55%. That's a significant risk factor because we should be around 70, 75% to, to be out of the woods, okay, to uh, not only stop load shedding, but to actually decrease load shedding. So that's a significant risk, meaning that that we have less energy available to meet demand when the factories all reopen. So that's the one factor. The the other factor is that is that as as you alluded to, um, Eskom generation currently is significantly taking out units in what they call planned maintenance, and it's around about eight thousand megawatts of uh, uh, capacity out of the grid to do maintenance on units where what we call in technical terms partial load losses. Now for me, John, this is excellent because you're actually doing proactive maintenance. But my fear, and I repeat it, my fear is that the maintenance crew that are working on these units are also under pressure to return these uh, units back to service uh, as soon as possible. And um, the danger is that, and I'm not saying that they are doing so, but the danger is that, and they're humans, uh, they could uh, be overlooking certain aspects of maintenance, cutting corners, etc. And if you're returning 8,000 megawatts uh, of uh, uh, units that are not properly maintained, and hopefully not, back into the grid, then you're actually imposing more risk to the performance mm. of the grid than when you took them out. So that's that's a risk, and, and, and hopefully it's not there. But uh, to mitigate that, John, uh, uh, and I said this before, the, uh, what I should believe should be happening, and I'm hoping that it's been considered, is that uh, ESCOM should introduce the the maintenance that's done by the aircraft industry. I mean, um, the very high level, you know, before an aircraft takes off, when you and I are sitting on an aircraft, you see a team of guys that, that are walking around the aircraft. And these guys are doing checks and balances on some key indicators that that gives them an indication, a significant indication that that flight will will take off and be successful for the rest of the flight. And, and that's done by a team of independent uh, technical experts and signed off before the pilot takes off. So I'm of the opinion that we should introduce a similar philosophy of maintenance by an independent team uh, before any unit uh, goes back into service uh, on the ESCOM side. And then, John, just to further elaborate, uh, just being a bit technical, the thermal efficiencies of the 80 coal-fired units in the 14 power stations, uh, not all of them are performing at its high level. Mm. Also noting that ESCOM's taken a conscious decision to extend the lives of these old stations. And, uh, and and with thermal efficiency being down, uh, these these stations are what I call, and I term this, an energy constipated station, meaning that they're getting less uh, megawatts from the station uh, compared to 
uh, to what they should be getting. John, I'll hand back to you. Okay, uh, let's talk about a couple of things. Andre de Reiter pointed it out, the ministers pointed it out now, the crime and, and the syndicates involved with the coal and other things at ESCOM. Uh, is there a handle? Is, is, are they getting a grip on those? Okay. Uh, I don't talk on behalf of ESCOM, but just from my interaction with ESCOM throughout its success, I can say that that uh, uh, the powers that may be, uh, including the NIACOM structures, I also uh, put a lot of time and effort into addressing uh, sort of corruption, crime, etc. But I don't believe that that's, that's uh, I mean, you asked me if there's an end on it. I can't uh, for certain give you right. a comment on that. Uh, I guess there are still elements of uh, corruption and crime within ESCO, but, but I think there's a lot of focus on that. There are there are special work streams and, and structures that governments put into place to address that. Uh, I think it's come down, but but I think uh, I don't think it's uh, been addressed 100 mm. percent just yet, John. Is that do we have enough transmission in the country? I saw worrying graphs that the Western Cape, Northern Cape, we can put all the IPPs we want in the world, but there's just not enough transmission lines to be able to move that electricity around. Uh, I'm glad you raised that point, uh, John, because that, for me, is much more of a significant risk than actually getting new electrons on the grid. What what we've uh, uh, established now, uh, recent in the last well, few months, is that the national grid, and I would argue the distribution grid as well, the national transmission grid and distribution grid is severely, severely uh, constrained. In other words, as you say, if, if you can get all the new electrons onto the grid now, we will not be able to, what we call in technical terms, uh, evacuate them. For example, if you look at the Northern Cape, where, where we get the best sunshine in the world, uh, that grid is so constrained that you can't take on any more electrons. Yet in Pumalanga, which where we where we have enough grid capacity, uh, contextually, but uh, from a renewable perspective, is not the best spot. So, so we have that situation. So, what we need to do now is that uh, to put in new transmission lines, it's going to be very very expensive. Uh, figures of about two hundred to three hundred billion rand mm. for about fourteen thousand kilometers of line are being put on the table. And as we know, the fiscus is severely constrained. Uh, South Africa doesn't reflect a, a favorable investment climate. So what we need to do now in the short, in the immediate ter- short immediate, immediate term is to try and come up with new technologies that will be able to squeeze out new electrons from the existing networks. Mm. In other words, what, what we are talking about, for example, is that all new PP, new IPPs that come on the grid should be uh, incentivized to also install, for example, I don't know, 25, 30% uh, backup capability, battery storage, and solar services, etc., so that to assist the utilities, ESCOM and the municipalities in trying to, in the short term, squeeze out the additional electrons from an already constrained grid. Uh, what's also being done, which is not the best way, is that we are also constraining, uh, curtailing, that's the term being used, the existing renewables on the grid mm-hmm. to accommodate new mm-hmm. electrons, John. Uh, Valley, six-month outlook, what should we be expecting? 
Well, uh, I'm of the opinion that we would still have load shedding. Uh, I think load shedding is going to be here, in my opinion, for the next two to three years. But I'm hoping that we would have gone to significant levels of lower uh, load shedding and uh, the grid would be more stable and uh, the uh, planned maintenance would be uh, the good result of that would be felt on the grid and and we would be getting a bit more technologies to alleviate the constrained grid and hopefully uh, maybe not the big new electrons or the mega electrons but we will get a lot of the smaller projects renewable projects and also uh, as the president is encouraging we get the residential rooftop uh, solar PV uh, coming onto the grid. So we will see some alleviation or amelioration of the situation, John, but I don't believe we'll stop load shedding, but uh, I'm hoping that we would be, well, let's hope down, which is not the best, down to level three, level two, sure. etc. John. Ali Padiachi, thank you very much. The chairman of the management committee of the NRS Association of South Africa, formerly an executive manager of ESCOM as well.